Good morning, everyone. My name is Danny. I am an intern here at Urban Village Church. Um, Our usual pastor, Hannah, is uh, on vacation, so I'm filling in for her. Um, That was actually not our scripture for today, but God does strange things. And so, uh, you know, here we are. Uh, Today, we're launching a new sermon series on the subject of sin and confession. Um, And I want to just kind of put this out there that confession is such a loaded word for so many people. And um, there is a really diverse range of experiences that the people in this room have had with with confession. Uh, For some of you, it is something that you have only seen on TV when there's a priest and a person and they're in those like little rooms. Um, <clears throat> or uh, maybe confession is a part of your uh, spiritual life already and you find it to be liberating. Or uh, maybe confession is something that has been used as kind of like a uh, tool of, of violence, of spiritual violence against you. So um, a lot of diverse experiences in this room Let's just kind of hold that together in tension. Um, and over the next few weeks, we'll, we'll work to unpack how we can transform uh, the way that we think about confession. Um, and the subject of confession, I, uh, I have a confession. It's my fault that we did not have flyers today. Uh, <laughs> I left them, I literally left them like on my dining room table. Uh, Thank you. Um, and I th- that's like the spirit that we're trying to cultivate here, so thank you. So um, why don't we pray? Creator God, you gave us this space every Sunday to reflect and to connect with you and with each other. Even when there are things about us that we don't like, even when there are things that we do that we don't understand, even when we do things that are wrong as individuals or as communities, will you help us to cultivate that kind of space in our minds and in our souls? Will you help us to turn confession into something that gives us clarity and direction? And we lift up all of the things, the good and the bad, in Jesus' name, amen. So our um, scripture that we were that we were working with um, this Sunday comes from uh, actually comes from Romans. Uh, it's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote um, to the church in Rome uh, prior to him coming uh, to uh, to evangelize. And really, this is like this letter is considered like his theological masterpiece. Um, and so it's very, it's it's pretty dense and difficult to um, unpack. Like, so I will be honest. If uh, Abby had read it, we might have all just been sitting here like, what? Um, so it's okay. We'll work through that. Um, and let me give you a little. Uh, I'll give you a snack from uh, from Romans uh, seven. So he says.
Once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me, and through that commandment put me to death. So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death, so that through the commandment, sin might, utter, might become utterly sinful. Um, and so he is talking about here um, his experience with the law. Um, the, the law being the Torah, the Levitical laws, the Ten Commandments. Um, and he has found, Paul has found, that um, because of his experience with Christ, he no longer needs to um, obey the law or conform to the law. Um, and that is, for his time, a very radical uh, claim. It's as if I were to go around and say, well, I've got Jesus, so I can do whatever I want now. Um, and uh, there is something to that, but he's speaking to people for, who have been rooted in this culture of following the Old Testament laws for literally thousands of years. Um, so it's not something that he uh, is going to be able to easily uproot, and he really kind of needs to be careful with the way um, he, he talks about that. And um, the, throughout kind of the rest of, this, of the, the scripture, uh, he, he goes back and forth between acknowledging that um, he knows what is good and what he should be doing, but then for whatever reason, uh, he doesn't do what is good. Um, and that is a frustration that we can probably all uh, sympathize with. Um, I really liked actually the message translation of uh, the scripture, so I'll give, you, um, I'll give you another snack from the message. He says, um, I know the law, but I still can't keep it. And if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't do it. I decide not to do bad, and I do it anyway. Have you ever had that internal dialogue with yourself? Maybe you're walking down the street, um, you, uh, and you did something you wish you hadn't, you made a mistake, you um, were mean to a friend, and you're just like walking down the street, you're like, oh, like, why did I do that? Like, I'm such an idiot, I messed up. Um, I think that that is, I, I tend to do that all the time, and I like get lost in those kinds of thoughts. Um, and so I really sympathize with what Paul is, is expressing here, this feeling of, frustration with uh, knowing what is right, knowing what is good, but then for whatever strange reason, being unable to actually do that. And so part of that uh, frustration that he's feeling comes from this newfound sense of freedom. Like he, he is acknowledging that um, he no longer has to obey the law because he has Christ uh, as his moral compass. Um, and that's liberating, but now it's also confusing because he doesn't have a strict set of codes about what is right or what is wrong. 
And we find ourselves uh, in that same place today uh, as Christians. Um, as, as people who follow Christ, we don't necessarily uh, have a strict set of codes, or maybe really, if, we, if you want to say that we do, there's two of them. The first code is love God, as, uh, love, your, love God and love your neighbor as yourself being the second, um, which, is, which is beautiful and succinct, but also hard to translate into uh, moral guidelines when it comes to day-to-day uh, -day life. And so we live in this tension. Um, on the one hand, we commit. We commit to making a claim about how certain things in the world ought to be, um, uh, ought to be. We commit to making a claim about what is right and what is wrong. On the other hand, we know that um, there is no amount of doing good, no amount of um, being a good person, of accumulating sufficient Christian points um, that will uh, bring you salvation. We know that salvation comes from grace. Salvation comes uh, from, uh, from Christ and from the story of, of, um, of love that, that we see uh, Christ exemplify and then share with the world. So what do we do then? We're in this, we're in this middle ground of uh, it's okay because we are uh, justified through grace, but then on the other hand, we know that there are things that are right and wrong. And so confession really is a practice that helps us to make discernment about um, how, to, how to live our lives. And what confession really is, um, it's not necessarily uh, speaking to a priest and, and line item uh, listing out all the things that are wrong in your life personally or in, in the world generally. Um, it can be that. But more, more generally, confession is really just a practice of intentionally admitting the way that sin permeates our lives. So that's intentionally admitting the way sin permeates our lives, both as individuals, as people who do things that um, are not a reflection of God's love in the world or our love for our neighbors, and as communities, the way that there um, are things that we have institutionalized in our government, in our organizations, um, in our culture, uh, which also do not reflect God's love for us and for uh, our love for each other. So confession, what confession does is it helps us draw a line in the sand. We can say everything on this side is of God, is a reflection of love, is a manifestation of love. And then on this side, we know that that's not. And so we know, uh, we use confession as a way to determine how to organize things and how to decide what, what to do. One example of that, we come into this space every Sunday and we claim our, um, our mission statement to be bold, inclusive, and relevant. And frequently, or almost every Sunday, we'll name the fact that we are inclusive because there are um, many churches in the world that don't invite or fully affirm LGBTQ people. Tim shared that in his testimony. And so by naming that sin of exclusion, that sin of internalized hate and homophobia, we create distance between us and it. 
And not only do we create that distance, um, we acknowledge that it exists in the world, that it's a thing that, um, whether we like it or not, it's a part of the way the world operates. And in, in, in that exercise of acknowledging, we also renew our commitment to, uh, to full inclusion, to fully affirming uh, God's people, um, not regardless of their sexual identity, but because of it. And so confession can do that. Confession can be that tool um, that empowers you to uh, create uh, a set of values or framework for what is right and, uh, and what is not. But it can also be very shaming uh, if, you don't, if you don't necessarily approach it correctly. Um, and I think a lot of us might have um, had experiences like that with confession uh, uh, when younger or in, in previous churches. Um, and so it's easy to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down and I'm going to uh, start a practice of confession, and that becomes <clears throat> not just uh, clarifying what is, what is right and what is of God, but it becomes sort of like this like self-flagellation thing where you are um, just listing every single thing that you don't like about yourself or that you did wrong, every mistake, all the ways that the world around you just feels like it's messed up. And the truth is that that list is infinite. And so you're never going to be able to capture the entirety of the way sin manifests itself in our lives. And that's not the point. Um, because if you, were, if you approach it that way, if you try to capture all of the ways that sin is in our lives, um, you're going to end up feeling overwhelmed. You're going to end up potentially feeling uh, a lot of shame or a lot of guilt. Um, you're going to end up uh, also feeling a lot of sadness. Those things will, will bubble up to the surface as you really start to itemize or think about, like, what are all the ways that our, um, my life and our community's lives are broken? And that's what I think Paul, in, uh, in the blurb I read from Romans 7, is really starting to express. He's, re he's getting to this point of frustration where he's like, I know what's right, but I don't do it. And I commit to doing what's right, and then I still mess up. And there's that, you, you hear in his, uh, in his words this, this feeling of, of frustration, of sadness, of guilt. And I, I'm not sure that that's necessarily the healthiest approach. Now, Paul had a lot of feelings, so, you know, um, let's not uh, hold that against him. Um, and so the point of confession is to name sin in your lives so that you can in some way uh, restore your relationship with God and with the world around you. And there, uh, there needs, you need to do that in a way that doesn't bog you down in shame or guilt or anger or frustration, and instead in a way that um, helps you find clarity or confidence about what is good um, and, how to, and how to actually do that. So um, I want to introduce to you all a spiritual practice uh, that, I have, that I have used um, that helps me to uh, catch myself when I am in those moments of like, oh, I'm such an idiot, um, or I can't believe I did that, I'm such a jerk. Um, and so this practice is called uh, mental noting. 
Is anyone familiar with that noting or mental noting? Um, so it is a practice that I learned from a, uh, from a therapist, um, which helped me manage uh, fe feelings of overwhelming uh, anxiety. But it, it doesn't have to be uh, just that. Um, and it's very simple. It's, it, it sounds like it's like, oh, this technique. It's, it's not anything complicated. Really, it's just, um, so going back to this walking down the street exercise, so something that I do a lot. I mentioned I like, just like walk down the street and I'm beating myself about it. But like one that, that um, I do a ton is during the winter when I'm just like freezing cold. I'm like walking down the street and I'm like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. <laughs> right? And so that is truly like a horrible kind of prayer to be offering up to God. <laughs> And so mental noting uh, helps you become aware that you're doing that to yourself. Um, and so you, uh, you realize, oh, those are thoughts. Oh, those are feelings. And so by just doing that little exercise, um, you are starting to create distance between yourself and that idea that the world sucks, yep. or between yourself and the idea that you are a jerk. And so that sense of, of space, that sense of awareness is so valuable because once you've created it, then you can start to transform your relationship with that thing, right? So um, if you're walking down the street and you're saying you're really regretting something that you did and you think, man, I'm such a jerk, I'm a terrible person, you can kind of catch yourself, oh, that's a thought or that's a feeling, oh, that's anger. And so then you can say, instead of I'm a jerk, instead of I'm a terrible person, you might be able to transform that into, there's something in my life that caused me to do that mean thing. And so then there's distance. It's not, you're not identifying with being a jerk, but you're acknowledging that there's some force, whether it's a part of you or whether it's external, we call it sin. Um, which acts on you and which uh, sometimes triggers you into doing those things. And, and then you can start to uh, have a conversation with God about it. Um, there is a thing that uh, caused me to be a jerk and that makes me feel angry. And how does God feel about that? And why? And why do I feel angry? And how might I turn this anger into something that is more productive, something that helps me be more like Jesus, more like the person that I am called to be? So it's really, uh, it's really simple. Um, as I mentioned, you, uh, so we're going we're gonna to do this together for a few minutes. Um, uh, we are going to do a breathing meditation. We're just going to kind of um, focus on our breath. Uh, and I'll introduce this practice slowly. What we'll do is as you focus on your breathing, you might find yourself getting distracted. And as you identify that you're distracted, you just kind of gently say, oh, that's a thought. Yeah. Or, oh, that's a feeling. And then you just like gently bring your attention back into breathing. And so over time, this exercise becomes something that um, is natural. It's not just something that you have to do while you're meditating, but can be um, a part of your, of your life as you're, as you're doing regular things. I mentioned I brought the flyers, uh, or I, I did not bring the flyers this morning. 
And my first, my gut instinct, I was like talking to myself, I'm such an idiot. How am I ever going to be a pastor if I can't get this right? Like, it's just like downward spiral. Oh, wait. That's frustration. And so I'm not perfect. I didn't, I didn't get it right, but at least I am working on having conversations with myself and with God about the things that I think are not right with me. So if you're open to it, and you don't have to be, if, you, if meditation is not your thing, you know, just kind of hang tight. We'll, we'll take a few minutes. Um, but if you're open to it, go ahead, and um, I'll guide us through this meditation. Um, maybe sit up a little bit, uh, feet, feet on the floor. Not too, not too uptight, um, uh, relaxed, but upright. And so uh, let's take a few deep breaths all together, breathing in and out. And in and out. And so if you're comfortable, close your eyes and do a, take a few more deep breaths in your own time. Don't worry about noting necessarily, just focusing on your breathing. And so now um, go ahead and let your breath return to its natural rhythm, not forcing it. And we'll just use the next 30 seconds, just kind of settle into this space around us. Feel the weight of your body in the chair, the weight of your feet on the floor. Maybe there are some sounds or smells. Just get familiar with it. So now let's gently bring our attention back to our breathing. Don't necessarily force it, no deep breaths. Just, just observe yourself breathing. Observe the kind of rising and falling sensation. Just observe it naturally. And again, don't worry about noting, just observe that breathing. So now we'll move into this noting practice. And so continuing to focus on your breath, if you find yourself distracted, all you have to do is gently note it. Oh, that's a thought. Hmm, that's a feeling. And then bring your attention back to your breath. So try that on your own for a minute.
Remember, as soon as you realize your mind has wandered off, just note the distraction, thought, or feeling. So now just go ahead and uh, give your mind some time to relax, do whatever it wants to do. If it wants to think, let it think. If it wants to feel, let it feel. And we'll slowly bring our attention back to your body, back to that feeling of weight in the chair, your feet on the floor back into the space around you, the sounds and smells. And as you're comfortable, go ahead and open your eyes. So I am curious, how did that feel? Was that people's first time trying something like that? Yes, no? No, okay, got some experienced people. Um, Anyone want to uh, share what they found? Yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, that's exactly it, and that's um, kind of what I was alluding to a little bit earlier when you start to think about like. Uh, of confession as like naming the things that are wrong in your life and in the world, like there's too many, there's too many balloons and you can't possibly pop them all. So it's not about trying to pop them all, it's about like kind of creating a space where you can um, just, uh, just kind of observe it passively and without judgment so that you can have a clear uh, conversation with God about um, how to, uh, what direction to go in in your life. Um, so over the next few weeks, we will keep talking about confession and why we confess and how to confess. Um, and really, it's just a way to name the things that we do, the things about our lives uh, as individuals and as communities that separate us from God and that separate us from each other. And so that can be hard to talk about because it means admitting the things that suck about us, admitting the things that we don't like. And so um, I hope that this, this practice um, will help you uh, have those conversations, whether it's um, on your own or with God or with other people, in a way that's safe, um, in a way that doesn't fill you up with, with sorrow or guilt or shame, um, and, and really just to be able to transform that, to have conversations with God about the, the sin that's in your life and just say, oh, that's sorrow. Oh, that's regret. And then you can start to really understand why and start to have um, deeper conversations about that. And so I hope also that you're able to create a, send, a space for yourself to do confession, um, that you can acknowledge that sin is, uh, is in your life, but it's also in some ways separate from our lives. Um, and that we'll be able to, kind of, to, to have a kind of transformation where you can 
um, walk away from a time of confession, uh, not with guilt, uh, but with a stronger sense of clarity about what your values are, with confidence in having a way forward to be a little bit more like Jesus, a little bit more like the person that you're called to be. And that means digging up some skeletons out of your closet, potentially, and that's okay. Whatever we find uh, when we're digging through that closet, let's just commit to, to ourselves and to each other to do that in a way that um, is healthy and which brings us closer to God. Amen.